Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, Fenya from the Fight Side. I'm here to do a Q&A. This was supposed to be like a end of the year Q&A, but it took me it took me a while to record this. But hey, here we are. Um, so yeah, uh, two things. I'm going to butcher your Twitter handles and your names probably. So I'm sorry for that. And I did no prep for this, so this is late, not because I was like doing research to answer your questions or anything, um, just because I'm a piece of shit. So whatever, I'm going to try to answer most of the questions, if not all of them. We'll see how this goes. But yeah, um, so yeah, uh, Q&A. Uh, I the idea was to ask questions related to like what happened in MMA during the year and what to expect for next year, but obviously not all questions pertain to that. I think so. Yeah, let's let's just go through it, okay? I'm not sponsored by Monster Energy Drink, by the way. So yeah, um, my good friend Sandro. Uh, the cool thought himself asked me um, sumo or conventional. I I'm a conventional deadlifter. Uh, I'm not very kind of sumo. Uh, my best friends uh, lift sumo, so I respect it. I respect that a lot. This doesn't have has anything to do with MMA, but yeah, conventional all the way. Um, next one is Stephen Ray at Stephen Ray MMA. Um, he's asking for overall thoughts on Kamaru Usman striking. Um, I think um, Usman has a lot of good stuff going on with his game, his current game. I like the jabbing from both stances. I like that he has some measures to stay in the pocket. Um, he has been developing a, a very good left hook too. Um, I still think he doesn't react very well. Uh, when he goes in defense, he's He's there for the taking. I think people are are not very keen on attacking Kamaru's when he's covering up because of the wrestling threat. And I think Kamaru is aware of that and uses that to his advantage. I think his striking is not as good as as it might seem. I mean, it was it has been exposed by Masvidal, by Burns, and by Covington at different stages. But I think. Um, What's great about Usman is that he's tough, he's adaptable, and and the confidence is like a very, a very great boost to his overall striking game. And he'll, he, he knows how to use the threat of the wrestling. Even if he's not wrestling, he know it is there in the in the back of the mind of his opponents. So yeah, I rate I rate Usman striking like very serviceable, very useful, and he's a great athlete, so he can exploit. Um, a lot of tendencies in MMA. I think he's good overall. I wouldn't rate him anywhere near the top of the best strikers in MMA, but he's good enough to implement a very good game. Um, his second question is how far can Gamrod go? Um, this one is interesting. I think um, Gamrod is very good prospect. Um, the wrestling and the pace that he can keep up is it's going to be a trouble for a lot of the fighters at the top of 155. The striking is coming along decently, but he also has times, um, has moments of vulnerabilities. So it it will be inter interesting to see how 
how he can develop this this like spaces between the striking and the grappling and how much better can he get in the in the striking department especially when he gets to a point that he faces opponents that he cannot just overwhelm with wrestling um, but I think expecting him to be top five um, it's it's reasonable uh, champion material I'm not sure yet but I wouldn't discard that at all. Uh, the next question is thoughts of the Jair Rodriguez that we saw against Holloway. Mm, I think I think that was the the best Jair we've seen. I think he's he's finally understanding how to to use athleticism in his favor instead of relying in it. Um, he's a very powerful and and fast athlete. And he's fighting in a way that allows him to take advantage of that. There's a lot of vulnerabilities still in his game, but he has cardio, the toughness to to go pretty far. I think this is this is probably near his ceiling. I think we can expect like subtle technical improvements in the next in this year and the next, but I wouldn't expect anything more like revolutionary. Um, still, uh, the the way he fought Holloway, and even though he lost that pretty clearly, uh, I think it shows that he can be very competitive with the top of the division. So it would be interesting to see how he matches up with other fighters like, for example, Lee or Emmett. Um, so yeah, I mean, not a, not a big fan of Jair, but but he's he's at this point he's a good fighter. I don't think we can de deny that. Um, if he if he the if the athleticism starts to leave him, um, it could be trouble though because he still relies a lot on it, on it even though he's fighting smarter nowadays. But yeah, that's that's my thoughts. Um, he also asks, in your opinion, what was the most skillful fight of the year? And to me, it was uh, it was Ian versus Corey. It was a great fight. I think it gets. The fight gets overlooked because uh, people saw him saw it as being uh, like a showcase for Young, but I, I did not see it that way. I was watching that fight live with Sriram. We we made commentary about we made like alternate commentary, and we were very impressed with Sang Hagen. Um, I think we both uh, scored uh, the first two rounds in his favor, and then Young like took control of the fight, but it was still very competitive, very very hard fought and crazy adjustments going both ways, especially especially by Pe by Peter. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was like one of the best fights for me. I don't... I, I'm actually surprised people didn't see it that way, but I thought it was like the most skillful and one of the best fights of the year for sure. Um, yeah, my co-host of the full previews, uh, the good Dan Albert at Typewriting DA asked me several questions. Um, he says, "Am I your best co-host? If not, criticism of my performance." Uh, Dan, I love you. You're great. I'm not going to answer that. Um, what is the real funniest moment of the year? Damn. I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it was Juliana Pena um, <laughs> beating Amanda. Like a hundred percent, it was that. 
um, Wish of Us Pick Vera by NFT Transformative Over Edgar. Um, nobody. Uh, I think we both picked Edgar. Or did I think you you went by you went with Shiro at the end, and I went with Edgar. So uh, I'm not sure you predicted that he was going to turn Edgar in a board monkey, but but yeah. Am I still mad about? Uh, I don't know. So probably not. Uh, not a question, but Dustin knocked Connor out. He knocked, yeah, he knocked him out. It was, it was great. It was the best. And he says, also, you're a good friend. Uh, thank you, Dan. You're, you're the best. Okay, we have Ronan next. Um, Assured Fob, at Assured Fob. Um, he says, you're hot. <laughs> Does this change the way you analyze fights? Does it help you resonate with attractive fighters? Uh, my answer is yes. Um, the boss, Ed, Ed Gallo at Edward Gallo MMA, asks me which fighters have you changed your opinion about the most this year? Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I think it depends like about performance or about like in and out of the cage. Um, I gotta admit it. It was getting hard to like Leon Edwards this year after getting caught by Nate and then refusing to fight and thinking he's entitled to fight for the title. I mean, I think he still deserves it, but we know the UFC is like a shithole and they're not going to give him the fight, so... So yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Corey Sanhagen impressed me a lot in the, in the young fight, I think he... He overcame the ceiling that I, I thought he had. It would be very interesting to see him in a rematch against um, no, Algio. To be honest, I don't think uh, Sterling is going to grapple him as easily as he, as he did the first time. Um, I, unlike some of my partners of the fight side, I think uh, Moreno looked great on the, on the Figueredo 2 fight. Uh, obviously, Fioreto didn't look good, but that doesn't mean Moreno didn't look uh, great himself. Um, very interesting to see how he fares with the with the rest of the top of the division. Uh, actually, picking him to beat uh, Fig the third time. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's I would have to think better about this, and I'm not well prepared to this question. I'm sorry. Um, Kieran Singh asks me. Will lightweight and welterweight, mostly lightweight, finally get the rise of younger fighters that they need? Um, I think lightweight is already seeing some of that. I mean, at least it's, it's getting new faces. We have like uh, like Gamrot that we talked about. Uh, there's... Uh, Gillespie's not young, but he's like a new face in the division too. Uh, let me check the rankings. Oh my god. Oh yeah, there's there's Riddell, there's Receive. I mean a lot of these guys are, are like already like over thirty years old but but I think the um, we're we're already seeing uh new faces come up. Welterweight's more complicated, not not a lot of prospects. I mean obviously there's Shimayev there but Still, I have a lot of questions. I think we'll have more questions surrounding him down the line. 
Oh, Sean Brady didn't look very impressive against Kiesa, but he's also promising. I'm not sure how old he seems. Um, but yeah, I mean, Walter Waits looking a, a bit more dire. But yeah, I'm I'm confident that lightweight will remain a very good division and won't won't transform in like all all men land like Walter Wade did. Um, Taylor Higgins, Taylor on sport, my colleague at the fight side and boxing expert, asked me what's Jan's worst matchup in and around one thirty five. Um, I think uh, rematch with Sanhagen would be, would be interesting. I would favor Jan, but it's an interesting fight. Um, I'm one of the few people that is hype about the the Aljo fight. I mean, I think uh, it's not likely, but there's a chance that Aljamain can make good adjustments and learn from the first fight, even though he was starting to lose pretty badly before the fall. Um, if he move. Uh, Aldo would be interesting, but I don't think he has the, the physicality right now to compete with Jan. But I think he showed in the first fight that he's a, a very problematic matchup. Um, if Aldo was like a bit younger, I would probably pick him to beat him. Um, and I think Volkanovski is a lot of trouble for Jan, not just because he's like bigger and stronger, but it's the it's the kind of guy that would come well prepared to deal with with Jan's game. They also train together a lot, so who knows how that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Jan and, and Volk are, are number one and number two pound for pound right now, and I don't think it's very disputable. Uh, Joanna Dangerfield asked me who has the higher ceiling, uh, Rakunov or Shimaev. Uh, not very. I'm not very well prepared to this one. Um, I haven't done a lot of tape study on either guy on their fights before the UFC. I've seen a, a little bit of Shimaev. Um, Rakhmonov looks promising too, but I think um, I'm. I think the Rakhmonov for me at this stage looks better prepared to deal with adversity. I'm not sure how Shimaev will re will react once he doesn't just like mop the floor with a guy. Um, uh, Rodman obviously has like some concerning stuff to me. His the, the defense in open space. He doesn't move his head, his head very well, and he looked very very reactive on defense against Cowboy Oliveira. He's a good fighter. I think he has a high ceiling, but I'm not sure how much better he will get. Um, and I'm not sure either how he fares against like the really good fighters of the division with his current um, skill set. The same can be said about Shmaev, but at least he has been more dominant in his victories. He has like the the L to win condition of getting the takedown on on beating gas, and he also showed against Mirishar that he has the power in his hands. Uh, very interesting prospect. I really want to really want Shmaev. I really want to see Shmaev tested. Um, I think uh, Bel Mohamed or Gilbert Burns would be like actual good fight that would give us a, a grasp of how good actually he is. But yeah, I think both guys are like promising in the 170 division. Uh, future champions, uh, I'm not sure, kind of hard to tell at this moment. Uh, we haven't seen them tested at that level yet, so it would be like reaching conclusions too fast. Um, if I had to pick between the two, I think I, I gotta go with Shimayev, but I like, I like Ragmanov's style more. 
Um, Al Swearingen, I guess, <laughs> asked me best and worst game plans of the year. Um, damn. I think, uh, I think uh, the thing about game plans is that a good game plan takes into consideration the limitations of your fighter. I think in that aspect, like Yulania Pena's performance against Amanda is not like a great performance, like skillfully, but I think it was a very good game plan to make her wrestler, to make him hesitant about the wrestling, and and then they were they were uh, well equipped to deal with the striking too, with the dipping jab and the, and countering over the top. Uh, so I think that's that's actually a very good game plan. Um, Corey, even though he lost against Yan and I'm going back to that fight all the time, but I think that was also a very good game plan. Yan um, was like more or less doing what he always does, so I wouldn't say that's like a great game plan. I mean, he doesn't need a great game plan at this stage. He he made himself and being so complete as of a fighter, it's already like good enough. You know, what else we saw? I think. I think Glover looked very good winning the title too. I mean, from a from a game plan standpoint, he he seemed very aware about the limitations of of Blachowicz. No, Blachowicz himself, um, very smart performance versus Easy. So yeah, that those come to mind, but I'm not sure. Uh, worst game plans. Um, Who's Kevin Lee this year? Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I think that game plan was disappointing because he went in there and not really a good connection between striking and grappling. And then he tried for like very, very high effort takedowns against a guy that was way bigger than him. Then the striking also like was playing just straight into Rodriguez's hands. And Lee still made it competitive. That just tells you how the, the potential that this guy has. And I think it's going down the drain at TriStar. Um, he's cut by the UFC now, and he apparently is training with Henry Hooft. I think it might be a a bit too late, right? Um, a bit too late in his career, sadly. But we'll see how what the what the future holds. Um, the show Bumper Hunter impersonator asked me, "Do you find it easier to talk about fights, fighting fighters on a podcast, or to write about them?" Um, well, uh, first of all, English is not my first language, as all of you know. So um, writing can can be challenging. Uh, I don't write articles for the fight side for the same reason. I, for the same reason, I think they they will need too much editing, and I don't I don't want to put that kind of of work into the hands of my colleagues. Um, when it comes to video editing, I make mistakes here and there, but I think the ideas are very well explained because of the of the of the visual material. Um, podcasting is like different because you don't. I mean, even if you prepare, if you're not getting like. I mean, you you gotta go from your head most of the time. So a, a lot of time you you forget stuff or you miss some points that you wanted to make, and that's the challenging part. And I, I hope I'm getting better at it because I'm I'm doing it I'm doing it pretty consistently right now. So so yeah, but both presents challenges, but I think uh, the podcast is like more easygoing and it's it's a bit easier. I mean, 
you don't have to organize your ideas to the same extent. So if you go, if you guys want to do like analysis, I would I would suggest like like start by talking, even if it's texting or 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 like speaking like one on one about uh, fights and analysis. It's a very good it's a very good way to get your your gears you know, going and understanding stuff. Uh, sometimes like doing an article or like reading analysis can be more challenging but at the same time uh, if you don't worry about like the publishing part or, or the audience part it's a very good exercise to to see how your brain works and what can you take from, anal from analyzing uh, footage. Um, Kenta Dawson I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wishlist for matchmaking in any division 2022. Um, okay, let's see. Um, a flyweight I, I like to see. I like to see Pantoja fighting for the title. Um, I think at this stage, like probably Moreno beats him because just like uh, Pantoja is starting to tire in fights, and that's not a good recipe for Moreno. Moreno has also improved. I think uh, Pantoja is still an interesting matchup there, but I'm not sure if he would win. I want to see Alex Perez fight, like, just in general. Um, Matthews, Nicolaus are also very interesting in that division. Uh, Bantamweight. Uh, I like to see Alto versus Cruz, like, finally happen. Um, TJ versus Jan. Especially if like we can see that TJ is a hundred percent, that's a great a great fucking fight. I like to see why not like like Janius fighting like uh, O'Malley or Ricky Sim or Ricky Simon fighting him too. Um, so yeah, that that would be it. Uh, featherweight. Uh, I'm one of the guys that actually want to see uh, Holloway versus Walk because I think they are one one at this point. What else I'd like to see? I don't know, man. I like to see, I like to see those guys fight because they are good. Um, I'm kind of happy that Ibloyev versus um, what's his name? Ah, Topuria. Yeah. Um, I mean, at one hand, like uh, Topuria versus Ibloyev is not good matchmaking, but because they are both like young prospects, but on the other hand, it was like a very good fight, one of the best that you can make from guys that are not like currently ranked. I don't think they're ranked. Um, lightweight uh, is Gagey versus Oliveira. It's the one that I want to see. I mean, that's that's probably happening, unless there's like some cancellation or anything. Um. Want to see more Saruki and more Gambrot? Let's see how how they do. Uh, Rivel and Fisi even in striking battles always always uh, compelling too. Um, yeah, we are against Easy. I would like to see Usman versus Leon, even though I I don't think it's happening. And yeah, yeah, pretty much that. Uh, 
Sir Domin asks me, did you have fun watching mixed martial arts this year? And the answer, the short answer is yes. Yes, there, there was a lot of good stuff. Um, there were some dreadful cars, but well, I'm not complaining. I mean, I enjoy watching MMA fights. I, I was watching like almost every UFC fight before this was like my job. So, so yeah, it was a good fight. And, and Dustin fucked uh, Conor Rapp, so even though Dustin lost uh, to Oliveira, this was a great year just because Dustin got to sleep McGregor. Giant Squirrel MMA asks me, uh, do you think Triple A, Bertanian and Shabili do well in the UFC lightweight division? And do they reach the top 10? Uh, Shabili hasn't been that amazing in Bellator and Triple A's last performance wasn't that impressive either. Also, Urinologically, how bad is Vittori? So let's take you. Let's take this by parts. Um, do I think those three guys in particular do well in the lightweight division? I think yes. Yes, I think they are very talented fighters. I think the especially Triple A and Bertanian are are starting to decline. So I'm not sure how high the ceiling would be for them right right now. Um, both Bertanian and Triple A haven't been looking great lately, but I think at their primes they they were very interesting top five material. Um, right now, not sure, but probably top ten. They're still good. They're still like very resourceful. Shabili, um, more dependent on the matchmaking. I think. I think uh, he doesn't like the. The higher level of athleticism that he, he would encounter in the UFC. Uh, but he's still a very good fighter. I mean probably top ten too. Um, if they moved if they all three moved right now to the UFC, I would I would think maybe Shabili at this point would do better than those other two guys, despite them being better than him overall. Um, how bad is Batori? Um not that bad, I would say. I mean, uh, I don't like him. I find his style very, very uninteresting, to be honest. But he's a solid fighter. He's very, he's very well schooled. I think King's MMA has done a great job with him. I don't think he has like the right, the right mindset to be like lead at MMA, at um, and that's that's why he fails at making adjustments. He's very corner dependent in that sense. But he still has like a very decent uh, like base set skill set, and he's an athletic and big guy, so I wouldn't call him bad. I he's decent. Moving on, we have Shy Gas, um, asking: Had there been any shift shifts in the meta of MMA that were particularly noticeable in twenty twenty one? And thoughts on the gap between men's and women's MMA? Is it overstated? Um, first, with the with the meta, I mean, I think we we've seen we've we've seen in the last few years like some more more boxing oriented um, offense in MMA, and and we and that trend continues up, and that trend was a bit disrupted by the by the calf kick. I think the calf kick is not as big of a deal as commentators want it to be, but it's still like something that it's available because of the current meta of MMA. If everyone was fighting from a more like kickboxing oriented stance, um, we, we wouldn't see that so often, but as it is, we see a lot of fighters fighting like 
very heavy on their front foot looking to to box and that's opening up the kicks um, but we also are seeing like a return of of grapplers a lot of wrestlers are, are exploiting some of the of the near holes that this like boxing oriented meta has developed a lot of fighters were developing like um, getting up tactics that were like that were very based on like tripoding and giving up your back our, and we're seeing uh, like a comeback of the back take for the same reasons and a lot of fighters that are actually good at finishing rear naked chokes so it's interesting like like the meta always moves in some direction and that direction gives gives space for new techniques to, to flourish um, it's interesting, uh, I'm not sure we saw anything like very particular last year, but it's cool to see what, what's going to happen moving on into 2022. And uh, thoughts about the gap between men's and women's MMA, is it overstated? Mm, I, think the, I think the gap right now is pretty big, but it's not, I don't think it's very related to, to the gender itself. itself. It's more related to to social and monetary reasons. I see that that when people have other avenues that are better paid, they are not gonna gravitate to MMA. And at the same time, fighting is not like like socially very well accepted as a career, and both for men and women, but especially for women. So. So it's going to take time to get like uh, more deep uh, talent pools um, in women's MMA. I think they are closing the gap though. Uh, I'm very optimistic about that in the future. I think um, 115 is overall a better division than heavyweight and light heavyweight from, from the men's side. So there's that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the gap for sure exists. It doesn't exist uh, as much as for biological reasons, and so as some people tend to think. And I think it's slowly but but firmly reducing. Um, Ocelot asks me, how do you rate Topuria and Song Yadong as prospects? Uh, Topuria, I mean, both both very very good, very very good fighters. Topuria, it's pretty fresh in his career. I'm not sure how, how old is him. Let me check here. Topuria is only 24 years old. That's He's great, man. He's great. Uh, very athletic. Uh, the grappling is very, very competent. He's, he's putting together a very strong... Uh, a very strong striking style that makes sense with his body type and with his grappling attacks. Uh, he's a decent wrestler too. Um, I'm very high on Toburia. I want I want to see more of him. Very excited about him. Um, a future top five for sure, if you ask me. But probably uh, future champion. You never know. But but yeah, I mean, the, I think the the future is very bright for Toburia. Um, Song Yadong has been very impressive I think and the, the most impressive thing about Sonia Dong is that um, he's like he has had already 25 fights at, at 24 years old and we'll st we still are seeing like very constant uh, improvement from fight to fight and that's the craziest thing I mean of course he's young but he's been fighting <laughs> professionally from since 
he's been like 16 I think and I was like okay like he's very athletic he has a very good skill set but I'm not sure if he's going to keep improving after all these years but he's still improving he's looking better and better and and yeah I mean very high on him the, the last win uh, against Arce is huge completely huge so so yeah no, uh, yeah, Dunk for sure. I, I think, think he's gonna crack the top five eventually too. And one thirty five is a crazy division, so that's that's not saying like that's saying a lot. Um, champion material, I would say no for now, but who knows if he keeps improving? He's super young. Uh, hopefully, he's not dealing with a lot of injuries because that can derail you, especially when you you're fighting so often for so long. Next question is by Lee at uh, underscore Lieben. He asks, do you think Arman Sarukian can make it to the top five of lightweight? Uh, maybe. I think Sarukian, it's, it's still putting together uh, his style. He has very good skills, especially as like this kicker anti-wrestler that then can go in the offense with his own grappling. He's, He's very interesting as a fighter, um, but I think he needs more time to develop and I'm not sure if the current UFC matchmaking is going to give him uh, the development that he needs. Maybe it's going to get him derailed if he if they give him if they give him the wrong fights. Uh, people seem to like it, so hopefully he gets like decent matchmaking that allows him to flourish into the uh, the complete fighter that he he's probably going to be to become if if he's allowed to. But yeah, I mean top five not not impossible. But we'll have to see. And finally, we have Nico who asks, which non-UFC MMA org do you think delivered the most this year and why? Um, hard to say. I think Bellator overall is like not a good product, but they deliver with very big fights. And to me, they put together the like the biggest and best fight like outside the UFC that was. Uh, Sergio versus Horiguchi, so, so yeah, I'm gonna go with that with uh, with Bellator. Bellator has the potential to put together like very big stuff. The problem is that sometimes they they just focus on the wrong stuff, you know, and they they don't have the money to put like consistent like um head to head to toe cards the UFC does. So you end up with like very lousy prelims very often. And sometimes even main cards when it comes to like the international cards, but they sometimes put together huge fights. Um, I'm I'm looking forward um, this 2022 for the for the Bellator um, bantamweight Grand Prix. That's going to be great. Um, hopefully the fights like happen and happen soon. You never know with the Grand Prix; it's very complicated. But but yeah, that's that's my answer. And I think that's all of them. I answer all of your questions. Um, if you want me to do another Q&A, like, just let me know. We can put together another one of these. Um, next week, me and then Is it next week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next week, uh, me and Dan are, are back with the full preview of, for UFC 270. So keep an eye for that. Um, you can always reach out to me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Fenox Sky. Uh, put in, in 
somewhere. Um, so yeah, hopefully you guys have fun listening to to my answers to your questions. We can do this again if you want. Remember to support the fight side. Um, check out check out our Patreon if you want access to like tons tons of exclusive content. Check out our YouTube channels. And um, yeah, follow me on Twitter, whatever. Um, I'm Feño. Uh, have have a good one, guys.